Blog Talk Radio. Century. 
Mathis has received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for three separate recordings. Although he is frequently described as a romantic singer, his his discography includes traditional pop, Brazilian and Spanish music, soul, rhythm, and blues, show tunes, Tin Pan Alley, soft rock, blues, country music, and even a few disco songs for his album titled Mathis Magic in 1979. Mathis has also recorded six albums of Christmas music. In the 1968 interview, Mathis cited Lena Horne, Nat King Cole, and Bing Crosby among his musical influences. Now, Mr. Producer, let's start off our show with Grammy Award winners. Chances are... You feel 
know, teenagers don't realize the music, the yeah. dance, that, that how how to dance the music like that. Oh my no, God! I, I was thinking the same thing. We do you hear records like that now. I know it. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mathis was born in Gilmer, Texas, on September 30th, 1935. He was one of four, four of seven children of Gladys Mathis, Clem Mathis, and Mildred Boyd. The family moved to San Francisco, California, settling on 32nd Avenue in the Richmond District, where Mathis grew up. His ethnic origin is African-American and Native American. His father had worked in vaudeville, and when he saw his son's talent, he bought an old upright piano for $25 and encouraged him. Mathis began singing songs and routines from his, learned from his father. His first song was My Blue Heaven. Mathis started singing and dancing for his visitors at home, at school, and at church functions. When he was 13, his voice teacher, Connie Cox, accepted him as her student in exchange for work around her house. Mathis studied with Cox for six years, learning vocal scales and exercises, voice production, classical and operatic singing, and the first band he sang with was formed by his high school friend, Merle Sanders. Mathis utilized Sanders at his funeral in 2008, thanking him for giving Mathis his first chance as a singer. Mathis was a star athlete. Nobody knows this. Mathis was a star athlete at George Washington High School in San Francisco. He was a high jumper and a hurdler, and he played on the basketball team. In 1954, he enrolled at San Francisco State College on an athletic scholarship, intending to become an English teacher and a physical edu education teacher. While there, Mathis, Mathis set a high jump record of six feet, five and a half inches. This still is one of the college's top jump heights and was only two inches short of Olympic record at the time. Just as when he was in high school, Mathis' name was frequently mentioned in the sports sections of the Northern California newspapers. In fact, featured in a 1954 sports section article, the San Francisco Chronicle, Mathis and future NBA star Bill Russell were demonstrating their high jumping skills. Russell's was number one, Mathis was number two in the city of San Francisco at that time. During one meet at the University of Nevada, Mathis beat Russell's high jump attempt that day. He was often referred to as the best all-around athlete to come out of San Francisco Bay Area. It's about time now for another Mathis, Mathis favorite. What do you have for us, Mr. Producer? It's not for me to say you love me. 
hard for me to say You'll always care Oh, but here for the moment I can hold you fast And press your lips to mine
Mathis stayed in New York City to sing in nightclubs. Columbia Records vice president and recording producer Mitch Miller helped to define the Mathis sound. His second album was produced by Miller, who preferred that Mathis sing soft, romantic ballads. Pairing him up with the conductor and music arranger Ray Conniff, and later Ray Ellis and Glenn Hoser and Robert Mercy. In late 1956, Mathis recorded two of his most popular songs, Wonderful, Wonderful, and It's Not For Me To Say, which we just heard. Also that year, Metro-Golden-Mayer signed him up to sing the later song in the movie Lizzie in 1957. His appearance on popular TV program Ed Sullivan's show in June of 1957 helped increase his popularity. Later in 1957, he released Chances Are, which became his second single to sell one million records. 1957, he released Wild is the Wind, that featured in the film of the same name, and the Academy Award nominated him for the best original song. He performed the song at sem- at sem- and in a ceremony in 1958. <clears throat> Excuse me. The week before his appearance at the Academy Awards, they released Johnny's Greatest Hits. The album sp- spent an unprecedented 490 consecutive weeks through 1967. That's about nine and a half years on the Billboard Top 200 album charts. Included these three weeks at number one, it held the record for the most number of weeks on the top Billboard 200 albums in the United States for 15 years until Floyd Pink's The Dark Side of the Moon reached 491 weeks in October 1983. Later, in 1958, Mathis made his second film appearance for 20th Century Fox, singing the song A Certain Smile in the film of that title. The Academy Award also nominated uh, nominated this song for Best Original Song. And now here is the song a certain smile. Try to hide the tears inside with 
comes that certain smile to hide your heart again. Too little, too late. <laughs> 
Yes, it's over. Call it a day. Sorry that it had to end this way. No reason to pretend. We knew it had to end someday. This way. Streisand and Bruce Springsteen carried the distinction 
of having the longest tenure of any recording artist on the Columbia record label. With the exception of a four-year break uh, to record on Mercury Records in the mid-1960s, he has been with Columbia Records throughout his career, from 1956 to 1963, and from 1968 to the present day. Dylan spent a couple of years at Asylum Records and then returned to Columbia. Streisand and Springsteen have never left Columbia. He has had five of his albums on the Billboard charts simultaneously, an achievement equal to only one of two other singers, Frank Sinatra and Barry Manlow. I did not know that. I didn't either. He was released. He has released 200 singles and has 71 songs charted around the world. Despite missing the Olympic high jump trials, he has never entirely abandoned his enthusiasm for sports and today is an avid golfer who has hosted several Johnny Mathis golf tournaments in the United Kingdom and the U.S. Since 1985, he has been hosting a charity golf tournament in Belfast, sponsored by Shell Corporation, and the annual Johnny Mathis Invitational Track and Field Meet has continued at San Francisco State University since it started in 1982. Mathis has undergone rehabilitation for both alcohol and prescription drug addictions, excuse me, and he has supported many organizations through the years, including the American Cancer Society, the March of Dimes, the YWCA, the YMCA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and the NAACP. Mathis has been include, inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for three separate recordings. In 1998, chances are, in 2002, Misty, in 2008, it's not for me to say. On June 21st, 2014, Mathis was inducted into the uh, into the Great American Songbook Hall of Fame, along with Brenda Ronstadt, Julie Jones, and Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole's daughter accepted the award for her dad. Well, we'll finish out our selections with one more very popular Mathis song. Mr. Producer? Hello, that music I hear 
I get misty the moment you're near. You can say that you're leading me on, but it's just what I want you to do. Don't you notice how hopelessly I'm lost? That's why I'm following you. On my own, would I wander through this wonderland alone? Ever knowing my right foot from my left, my hat from my glove, I'm too misty and too much in The two of yes. you living in the same house during these <laughs> songs by singers like Mathis and all, do you guys clear out the living room and actually dance to these songs? Because, man, oh, yeah. uh, just know, begging to be danced to. You can hear us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don, you go over to her and say, Miss Dorothy, would you love? Would you like oh, this next dance? Sometimes he comes in and gives me a hug. Yes, yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> before before we get into the news about Eastern, um, I, I was just thinking about something when I was reading this. Johnny Mathis and a lot of other great stars made Christmas albums. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice to do a, a show or two in December, maybe yeah. as a suggestion? Of some Good. of the albums, some of the great songs that they did. I'm not sure, yeah, absolutely. Johnny Mathis did a ton. Barbara Streisand. Um, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of them did some really good stuff. Yeah, Andy uh, Williams, yeah. yeah. Andy yeah. Williams. Yeah. Uh, like 
It is some great Yeah, and we do, we do have a show that Neil puts on, I think, on Christmas Day of, of some. Yeah, that's a good idea, Don. Let's uh, yeah. put that there in our notes, tomorrow. Dorothy, for scheduling. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, uh, I want to take up the clock here, so... <laughs> Uh, we'll take a look at uh, Eastern Airlines right now uh, during the uh, during the prime years of Johnny Mathis. We found an article by Captain Bill Malone that was included in our producer's book, Wings of Many. So, Mr. Producer, Neil, would you please uh, share that letter with us? Sure will, Don. Thanks so much. And... Uh... Bill Malone uh, has uh, a lot of stories in the book, uh, Wings of Many, and uh, I enjoyed uh, when I was the editor of the magazine Repartee, uh, including some of the uh, the stories. Some of them long, some of them short, kind of like the one today was a short one that we'll read. And uh, this is titled Hijackings. And it reads, all of us remember the hijackings to Cuba that took place back in the 1960s. Eastern Airlines took the brunt of this, of this nefarious activity, probably because Eastern provided the most service in and out of Miami, where most of the hijackings occurred. Ed Guldener, who was station manager in Tampa at the time, remembers well the day in July of 1961, when Bill Buchanan at gunpoint turned his Lockheed Electra from the course he was on from Miami to Dallas and Fort Worth and headed for Cuba. Hijackings happened to Slim Babbitt, R.D. Smith, and many others. A hijacker shot and killed one of our agents in the jetway in Houston. Captain Tom Mayberry landed in Cuba, almost on the kerosene fumes in the tanks when the hijacker refused to allow him to refuel. After that, Tom said every time they asked for how much fuel, fill it up. The only time you have too much fuel is when you're on fire, he would say. <laughs> In 1969 alone, there were 57 hijackings to Cuba. 1969. In 1969, a hijacker forced Captain John Tim and his crew to fly to Cuba at gunpoint. Now, 30 years later, of course, this was a date used uh, for this article, a captured suspect is in the United States, extradited from Canada to stand trial. The suspect caught the attention of American Border Patrol at a border crossing near Alexandria Bay, New York, after he made repeated visits to the United States. Arraigned in federal district court in Manhattan, the 63-year-old suspect pled not guilty. He lived in New York during the 50s and 60s, He's lived for the past few years in Canada, not far from the United States border, where he worked as a school janitor. After living in Cuba, he moved back to his native land, the Dominican Republic, where he met his wife, who was vacationing there. He then moved to Canada in 1990 and did not appear to be living a life 
in hiding. The Border Patrol somehow learned his identity and began to do record checks to see if he was the same person who was wanted. Federal prosecutors in New York contacted the FBI to determine that there was still enough evidence to prosecute the case. His lawyers contends that the statute of limitations on the crime has expired, that the federal prosecutors say fleeing the country suspends the time limits. It is too bad that Captain John Tim, who died in 1971, was not here to see the just, that justice prevailed. Well, that's just one little short story, and of course, we've had other hijackings uh, with Eastern Airlines, uh, the one that uh, we have done on the radio show and honored right. at a special reunion uh, it, down in uh, Fort Lauderdale was Robert uh, Wilbur and yep. uh, his first officer, James uh, Hartley, who was killed during that. Yeah, and that was on the shuttle flight 1320 from Newark right. to Boston when it happened so so lots of hijackings you don't hear much hijackings uh happening anymore because of the strict security very strict security at the airports i haven't been on a flight lately but uh you guys have been uh, not too long ago i guess the security is very very strict and uh you go through a lot don't you yeah right they sure go through a lot i mean uh you're there for a long time because you have to do a lot. And you have to take shoes off and everything. You have to leave earlier, much yeah. earlier now. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, I, mean, I remember before all that started happening, I was a CSR for a while in Miami Airport. And, you know, we'd have couples and families and stuff that would arrive late at the gate. And how we'd check them in and, and on the way, and we'd run through the concourse and up to the plane and get them on and we didn't have to stop for anything you know Not that's anymore. right yeah 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 well, the whole cha- world has changed uh, including eastern after uh, uh, 2001 so uh, we all have to uh, sacrifice for something yeah yeah we sure do well, uh, Dorothy, while we got you here, what's happening Monday? What we got going on Monday night? Well, Monday we have, let me just say, so I give you the right title. I know it, what we're doing, but I want to give it to you correct. It's episode, four, episode 426, and the famous right. people who have died in air disasters and causes. Um, that's going to be very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Can't wait to hear that one. Unfortunately, these things happen, but it's kind of nice to know what they do and how they do it and all yeah. of that. So it's very interesting to listen to. Okay. Um, well, how about uh, wrapping it up, Don, for us? I think that's a good idea. It's been a great show. And- Excellent. It was a, it was fun to Excellent. do. Can't wait till next week. All right. Okay, that's our show for today, and we hope everybody enjoyed the Johnny Mathis selections and a short bio of the artist and the news at Eastern back in the day. We plan to bring you more, and <clears throat> excuse me, in the weeks to come. Um, 
As we say each week uh, on these broadcasts, keeping in touch with our Eastern family is important and of great importance to us and the radio show. Please join us on Thursdays and every other Thursday when we broadcast from the Eastern Files and EAL Old Time Radio. Do you have a story or memory you'd like to share with our Eastern family? If so, we certainly want to hear from you. The Eastern Radio Show would like to broadcast it during one of our shows. Either you sharing your memory live during our broadcast or send it to us, and we'll broadcast your story on the air. You can send your request to host at EALRadioShow.com. That's host at EALRadioShow.com, and we'll tell you what to to do. Well, thanks for listening, and on behalf of Captain Neil Holland, our producer, this is Don Gagnon saying, so long, Eastern family. We love you, Eastern. So long, Eastern family. Sure love you. Thanks for listening, and we're going to go out with another Mathis song as our sign-off bumper music, okay? And it's Wild as the Wind. Love me, love me, say you do Let me fly away with you For my love is like the wind And wild is the wind Give me more than one caress Satisfy this hungriness Let the wind blow through your heart For wild is the wind You touch me I hear the sound of mandolin and done.